This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on, lots to get to. I appreciate you being here. Campus reform at the bottom of the hour. Some more nuttiness on campus. Another young reporter, Aiden Shank is the guy's name, and he does a really good job. Four, four big stories that are going to make your face hurt. And that's really what we do. Carrie, it's what we do here. We try to we try our best make your face hurt? to take our listeners and make their faces hurt. Mm, that doesn't sound very that's nice. Not the though. Job? No. I'm gonna say no. And then we can I tell you something? We I had so clarity. many positive emails mm-hmm. from yesterday's just segment on music. Really? Yeah, that was fun. So I think God, you guys got away from, you know, Ukraine. <laughs> uh-huh. You got away from masks and Fauci and the CDC and and, you know, the angst between left and right and the libs of TikTok and everything else. We just talked about music for a while. And do you know how that started? Because of the I song do. that you play? I do. Mm-hmm. I was making fun of Bon Jovi because of how out of tune he is a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, oh, what's the go-to song? No, no, I mean, uh, that's you love that song. But again, it's not your favorite Bon Jovi song, right? No, uh, no it isn't. Have you heard, just be honest, have you heard some of the recent audio of him? I have. And so what do you think's going on? There? I don't know. I was just talking to Polo about this earlier today. I don't know. I've heard it, and it is not good. It isn't. And you know me. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I've crushed on this man since I was 13 years old. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know. So, I mean, like you would still go and listen to him sing out of tune because you love the guy that much. Yes. And you would dance and act like he wasn't singing out of tune? <laughs> I <laughs> don't you know. Do? Hey, all the concerts react? I've been, and the re- most recent one was just a couple of years ago, he didn't sound like that. So I don't, I don't know. I'm going to let you in on something. And I'm not being funny. I'm not making fun of Bon Jovi. Because when Bon Jovi was on, I mean, some of the, some, uh, those vocals are great. I'm not going to be a hater. Um, but, uh, but they are auto-tuning him when he's live, too. You can do that now. Mm-hmm. They, they literally have the ability to auto-tune whatever microphone he's singing into. And the thing is, though, Here's the weird part. I don't think they can program the auto-tune to go to the right note. They program it to bring him to the closest note. Uh, so if he's like so out of tune that he's like a half step off, step off he's going to be even worse. But uh, uh, well, there, there's, there is a guy, a guitar player from, from England, that does, in fact, break down some of these live things. And this is where I actually heard the Bon Jovi out-of-tune one mm-hmm. at some award show. Because the original one, he's, he's a good half step off. He's just off. And later they fixed it. And it made it sound better. Mm-hmm. But you can use auto-tune live now, which is new technology. But you can almost always tell. Like, Michael Bublé is a great singer. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, I think so too. Some of his live, some of his live appearances though have been auto tuned, and the guy showed proof. And I believe that. Paul, you you put your ears in. What's going on over there? Uh, I I think I saw that same video, and they call it pitch correct when it. They're not calling it auto tune. When when it's when it's done that way, when it's done live, when it's I guess after the fact, I guess that's auto tune or whatever. So would pitch correct then bring him to the right note, even if he's really off? It, It it does it like you said. It brings you close. Um, like, look, whichever note you're close to, it's going to bring you to that note. Right. So if you're off, you're really off. Yeah, and, and I think I saw the same video that you're talking about, and he was showing where there was a couple times where he was so far off that when they used it, like it, it almost made it worse. It's weird because I don't think I don't think you lose your ear. You know what I mean, Carrie? I don't think you lose your ear. Mm-hmm. I think that you always hear. I think he can hear that he's out of tune. He just might not be able to pull it back in for some reason. Or he what his, his sometimes like uh, I wear I wear these these earbuds. So is Polo. Uh, you got earbuds in too. Sam's wearing headphones. I think yes. Uh, um, but you know we can hear ourselves. If I lost the ability to hear myself, I couldn't sing a song in tune. Mm-hmm. Now you'll say I can't sing a song in tune anyway. But having <laughs> said that. Yeah. You, you, you need to be able to hear it. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt every once in a while. You, he couldn't hear himself, and he was out of tune. But I think there's something else going on, because he's out of tune a lot now. Yeah, and I've seen, I've only watched one video, but I've seen it on, you know, a couple of different occasions when it comes to him. So I don't know what is happening. Hmm. But, on a Thursday. Yeah. still never played this. Now, Mark, the lead singer here, Mark Farner, Grand Funk Railroad. Never heard him sing out of tune. I've seen them in, in concert many times. Just spot on. Don, Mel Mark and Don. Seems I got to have a change in scene. Mark Don and Mel. I don't know why you even said They called him the canary back in Flint. By the way things used to be. Is he saying so sweetly? Say it again? Is he saying so sweetly? Well, I guess, because he sings like a bird. I don't know. He's singing his ass off over here. Bon Jovi couldn't do this. Okay. That's Don singing the harmony, playing the drums. I'm not too good Mel's not singing anything. He's just playing the bass. Baby, 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 baby. Now, for those who are um, Grand Funk Railroad fans, or you hear me play them on, on the show here, let me give you a little advice. If you want to hear Mark's vocals all the way, go to um, I'm Your Captain Closer to Home. Go and, go and listen to that one. If you want to hear Don singing, he sings uh, an American band, and he also wrote that one. That was their biggest hit ever. And he also sings Some Kind of Wonderful. He's the guy who starts Some Kind of Wonderful. So go and check those out. I mean, this, Carrie, I'm telling you, they sold out Shea Stadium in New York faster than the Beatles did. Wow, no, that's saying something, isn't it? Grand Funk Railroad was big in the early 70s, but they they made a management mistake. And they ended up, their manager, Terry somebody, ended up getting most of their money. Um, And Mm -hmm. they had to go back and like recup the songs and everything else to sort of get back on track. But unbelievable, three guys out there just dominating. They were that big. They were huge. Do you you know those songs that I just mentioned? You know American Band. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I know that one. Uh, Some Kind of Wonderful? uh, I know that one. But the other one, you, do you not know Closer to Home, I'm Your Captain? You probably would know I it if you know, heard it. I don't know that one, I don't think. One of their biggest songs. So so go and check those out. Those who are listening, go and check those out. All right, let's get into a couple of these stories. Um, for me, 
the TikTok effect is very weird. And you're telling me that somebody wrote a book mm-hmm. and had a lead character and was was bullied into changing the character's sexuality or something? Well, yeah, something like that. This is from the Daily Mail. A woke TikTok mob forced a young adult fiction author to change. Sorry, her- I got to explain that. Um, I've got notifications on in my in my chat. And when somebody does, when somebody uh, gives a donation or they, they give some sort of subscription or something, it makes a noise. I don't want people to think that I was in the background going, arr, arr, arr. I'm not doing <laughs> what that. What were you doing? It was okay. a sounder in the web channel. All right, go ahead. Okay. Start all over if you don't mind. A woke TikTok mob forced a young adult fiction author to change her published debut novel after she failed to provide a trigger warning regarding a transgender pedophile character. Author Brandy Zecker is facing intense backlash from Book Talk, the sub-community on the app TikTok, focused on books and literature over her latest novel, The Pawn and the Puppet, over claims it's transphobic. Readers were outraged by a transgender character called Charlotte, who pays to hire a child sex slave who later turns out to be her own son. The book published this April by Red Oak Publishing LLC was written by Zecker, a popular book talk content creator herself, and is listed as an adult dystopian romance set in an asylum. The book, intended for readers ages 18 and older, contains a lengthy trigger warning, which includes gratuitous violence, depression, suicide, torture, domestic violence, eating disorders, hallucinations, misogyny, poisoning, sexual assault, mention of pedophilia, romanticized mental illness, gore, death of a loved one, Child abuse, decapitation, female oppression, hostage situation, body shaming, panic attacks, mention of incest. But there was no mention of transphobia, and the woke mob were quick to attack. Zecker has since posted a groveling apology and says the book will be revised to remove the offensive content. She also announced plans to work with sensitivity readers, woke publishing house staff, employed to remove supposedly offensive content from books for the remaining books in the series. Shut the face. Oh, You're telling goodness. me pedophilia, cutting people's heads off. Um, I mean, you just listed a misogyny. Mm-hmm. Just down the, just disgu- I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why you're writing this book. All those warnings were there, mm-hmm. but the one they're complaining about is there wasn't a warning for transphobia. Correct. What? Yes. First of all, what kind of a brain writes a book like that? I know it's not something you know I, mean? I want to read at all. Mm-mm. Secondly. Why do you have to give a trigger warning for anything? And be, what, listen, I would, that's not interesting to me. I would not, just like Dawn of the Dead wasn't interesting to me, a movie back in the 70s where there were zombies walking around, you know, getting killed and having their heads cut off and whatever else. My cousin thought it was great. I thought it was stupid. I knew what the content was. I didn't go see it. What happened to the simple ratings? And maybe you put a ratings, you know, ratings on books. Not that you can't buy it if it has that rating, but just to give a warning to people. You've got to really list a list of of trigger warnings mm-hmm. on a book. Now, this book is crap, obviously. It's a piece of garbage, dung-ridden book that I would never read. But somebody wants to go buy it. Person wrote it. You can buy it if you want. The, the left is pushing you to say transphobic on it? Yes. Mm, yes. Can somebody watching or listening let me know why it is that we give so much credence and so much protection to the whole trans movement. You know, I mentioned this on TikTok. I did a video on TikTok on this because they're dropping any video where I mentioned trans at all. Even videos where I'm saying trans women are women. Oh, by the way, a trans woman got two women pregnant in New Jersey in a prison. Just factual. Didn't say trans are no good. Didn't say trans are men. I didn't say any of that. 
That's what I said. They took it down and warned me they're going to delete my account. Why is there such a protection going on in our society for the vast minority of people under 1%, less than 1% identifies as trans? Why is this protection mechanism put in place? I don't understand. How big is their lobby? And why do we have to pretend that if you say you're something you're not, you then are? I don't get Gary, have you seen anything in your news stories that would explain why they've got so much power that they're changing our culture? I really don't. I mean, small group, big voices. Um, I don't know where that power comes from. And, and not we, when I say we, I, you know, we've given it to them. So well, now somebody she's didn't say pass the potatoes. It. Yeah, no, somebody has to say pass the potatoes mm-hmm. and, and be done with it. Because again, look, you put some sort of a a, a G P G R P G thirteen whatever X. You put these ratings on movies, and you should have those on other ingestible media um, or consumable media. Then that's it. I go and I say, okay, well, this is rated R. I know what to expect. This is PG-13. I know what to expect. This is G. I know what to expect. This is, if you want to put a big label, graphic, violent nature, whatever. Because on movies and TV shows now, it says, you know, whatever, TVMA or whatever it is, and it might have some violence or profanity or smoke. They also list smoking on there, nudity, whatever. I mean, why is that enough? You've got to give a trigger warning to be, and not only that, the author isn't adding transphobia. No, no, no. The author is going to delete the offensive content. Isn't it all offensive? Everything you mentioned is offensive. But the most offensive is the trans stuff. You got to you got to delete that. Come on, man. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. Your thoughts when we come back. Stay here. Joe Pags. All right, glad to have you on a Thursday. Thanks for stopping by. Your boy Joe Pags. 888-941-PAGS. Simple question. Why have we allowed the trans lobby to, ta- to have so much power when there's such a small group of people? Uh, I think that it's a valid question. By the way, stop at the website too, www.joepags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. Scroll down to the bottom if you want to send me an email. Just click on contact. That email comes right to me. All the social media links are there. The Rumble link is there. The Laura Logan um, three-part so far. It'll be a four-part series tomorrow. Then I'm going to put the entire thing up in one shot where you can just watch the whole 45 minutes if you want. But that's doing very well. My interview with Megan Kelly last week is doing very well. Go and check those out. Ben Carson is up there from yesterday. All the interviews that I do end up going up on Rumble. I have not put anything on YouTube in many, many months. So if you're following me on YouTube, I appreciate that. But YouTube demonetized and they hid my channel and everything else. Rumble doesn't do that. It's available. It's right there. You can go and do it. Just click on the Rumble link on my website. Simple question. And I wonder what you think about this. Why have we allowed people to make the trans issue or give the trans people, those who are for the trans issue, so much power? Let's talk about what it really is. What I'm about to say is undeniable. It's science and it's true. X only chromosomes, you're a female. A Y chromosome involved in that as well. 
you're a male. Even if you're so-called intersex, where you've got the genitalia of both, if you've got a Y chromosome, you're still male scientifically. Now, having said that, I do believe that people don't feel they're the right gender. I get that. That's how they feel. It's called gender dysphoria. It's a real condition. Gender dysphoria is where you are scientifically and biologically and naturally either male or female, and you, for some reason or another, think that you're the opposite gender. You're not, but you think you are. Whether it be you're more comfortable dressing a certain way, having facial hair or not, um, attracted to whatever gender or sex, something inside of you tells you there's a disconnect between the physical and the emotional and mental. I'm not saying people are mentally ill. I'm saying this is a real condition called gender dysphoria. What I've said is true. Now, there's like one transgender person who listens to the program that writes me all the time. I'm sick. I'm disgusting. I should be taken off the air. What I just said is verifiable, and it's scientific, and it's true. I think we should get people who have this disconnect the help that will help them understand mind and body as one. I don't think anybody, truthfully, those who are suffering from gender dysphoria, want to feel this way. Now, I do think there are some people who are looking for attention who are saying that they're the other gender. They're really not. They know that they're not, but they're doing it just to get attention or trying to win swimming races. Who knows? But when it comes to those who really have gender dysphoria, why would we not help them more? Why would we not say, let's really break this down? Here's the expert that can help you. Here's the biologist that can help you. And if you've got a child who is suffering from gender dysphoria, which, again, is a real condition, it's your job, I believe, as a parent to say, no, 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 you're a boy. Or, no, 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 you're a girl. No matter how much I want you to be the other, as a parent, maybe you wanted some other gender, who knows? It is your job to explain to that person what's really going on. And the last thing you should ever consider is something that would block hormones or block puberty or or give them something called gender affirmation treatment, which doesn't exist. Blocking puberty is stopping nature. Blocking hormones is stopping nature. Calling it gender affirming is a lie, and it's not only a lie, if you're a so-called journalist and you're saying it, you're lying on purpose and you know you are. Let me say it again. We are giving a whole lot of power to less than 1% of the population, and that less than 1% that actually have this affliction are dealing with something called gender dysphoria, and instead of helping them, we are kowtowing to them. Because we don't want to be canceled, we don't want to be woke. We go to the phone lines. Kirk, Nebraska, what's going on? Hi. Hey, Joe. Love the show. Thanks, man. Um, so the, the whole transgender um, thing is, is taught in conjunction with the CRT at schools uh, to basically divide parents from, from their children. That They teach the kids, especially the white kids, that they're bad and evil because of their race. And then they give them an alternate identity by providing all these transgender identities for them to go to to become back on the good side again, where they're not the evil white kid. I'm with you. It's being forced down our throats. And I think it probably does go back. Thanks, man. It does go back to white, Christian, male, heterosexual guilt. You're supposed to feel guilty if you fall into that category. And it's pretty sick. It's pretty nuts, to be honest. All we have to really do is tell the truth. 
All we have to really do is say, this is what reality is. This is what science says. This is what biology says. I understand how you feel, and I commiserate. I want to help you. we got to stop talking about gender affirmation, uh, medical procedures, treatments, or surgeries. We have to stop talking about blocking nature from happening. How sick is that? He's really sick. Yet for some reason, that lobby, that those voices are heard. Nobody wants to be called a transophobe. And, and, and I, I don't call me whatever you want. I just speak the truth here. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Campus reform when we come back. Do not touch that dial. We hit on four really hot topics happening on campuses right now. They're going to make your face, face hurt. And again, it's up to me to make your face hurt. Keep it here. Coming back. Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really appreciate having these young reporters on every Thursday from campusreform.org. Today it is Aiden Shank. Aiden, how are you? Good to see you. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really glad to have you along for the ride. It's uh, um, uh, You're a, a junior now. You'll be a senior next year at University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee, and uh, I appreciate you stopping by. Awfully bright in Milwaukee today. A lot of, lot of sunshine today in Milwaukee? Yeah, it's 65 and sunny, <laughs> which is... Not what it was last week. It's a, it's a heat wave, right? I, I know that I've got yeah. uh, relatives in Michigan. They said it was snowing in Michigan. Did you get snow recently? Yep, just last week. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, uh, Aiden, I, I appreciate you coming on. I was flying around the country earlier this week when this, this whole mask mandate thing went away. And you and I spoke just a little bit before we started today. And it actually, the mask mandate at your university went away a, a few days before that or the day before that, whatever. Uh, what was the reaction to not having to wear a mask and breathe your own carbon dioxide back in? As soon as students were given the opportunity not to wear masks, right away, all masks were off. Um, I think students just in general were really happy and, and relieved not to have to wear masks in class and in campus buildings. Um, overall, a lot, of, a lot of joy on campus. How has Wisconsin been during this entire thing? Was there a, any sort of a vaccine mandate? Were you guys doing a lot of online schooling for a year or two? And then you finally got to go back to class? F- fill us in on what Wisconsin did in the face of all this. Not a lot of mandates, um, thankfully, just lots of masks everywhere um, on, on public transit and public buildings. Um, any businesses were forced to instate mask mandates. The universities were tough. And yeah, like you alluded to, I was online for more than a year, um, wow. completely online and studying architecture. It's been that's a tough major to, to study online. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be hands-on. You've got to actually draw out the plans and, and learn how to do it, right? That would, that, how exactly do you learn how to do something that actually takes your physical, you know, using your, your hands and, your, and your, the, the different protractors and everything else? That's going to be very hard, isn't it? it? It is challenging, and even more so over a computer. Uh, we've gone very digital with technology and stuff, embracing that within the profession. But even still, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm not getting my money's worth. 
Oh, I hear you. And I think a lot of you guys deserve some of your money back. It's Aiden Shank. He's a correspondent from Campus Reform. Go to campusreform.org every day. You know, we had this story a few weeks ago where some of these big universities were starting to get rid of the SAT and the ACT because somehow it was unfair and in the mindset of equity somehow, which doesn't really mean anything when it comes to education or our society other than I've got equity in my home. It's actually the, the equality of outcome, which is not what we want out of our students in colleges. MIT has actually made an about face on this. Fill me in. Yep, so MIT is bringing back um, ACT and SAT scoring for admittance into the college, and I think that's a great thing. It's about time that we you know, cut the crap and go back to the meritocracy that we once had within colleges. I think a lot of students are also very happy to see this happen because I know personally I would be um, very disheartened if I knew or if I had reason to suspect that I was accepted into a university for the sole reason of, you know, uh, immutable characteristics that right, I had, right? And and you know, it, it, moving away from it, very powerful and and very good. They've they've done it in the name of diversity, um, saying that it'll increase diversity. Which, being a liberal university, um, if you want to justify it however you want, that's that's fine. Say what you need to. Um, but the moral of the story is this is this is a great great thing for students. Well it, well, it is. And I've got to tell you, Aiden, uh, other than these radical student organizations, I've never heard individual students who happen to be black or brown or whatever uh, say, we're not as smart as everybody else, really dumb the education down for us. Uh, I, I know plenty of people of all races, all backgrounds, all ancestries, and not a one of them has ever said, listen, I'm kind of dumb. No, what they've said is, I want to compete. I want to go and I want to, I want to achieve the best that I can. Do you think this is, generally speaking, just administrative uh, and and those who are running these these colleges and universities that are saying we need to make it easier so that we can appear more diverse, like you said, if I'm black, brown, or somewhere in between, I don't feel good about you telling me I'm not as good as. No, a hundred percent. It's pure racism to say or to even just assume that anybody who's belongs to a certain ethnicity or again these immutable characteristics yeah. uh, will impact their intelligence in any way or give them less of a chance um, to be admit, ad, admitted into college um, and it's it's an insult to these people to say that you know you need a leg up just to compete we should be giving everybody an even playing field and accepting the best and the brightest students into our colleges I couldn't agree more. It's Aiden Shank. Go follow him on Instagram, Aiden.S-A-H-A-N-K, Aiden.Shank, and go follow what he does there. Also learn about him at campusreform.org. I go there all the time to find out these stories that these young reporters are uncovering in a very, very good journalistic way in the face of a time where journalism isn't really alive in this country other than people like this. Uh, Faculty union tells members to ignore Florida viewpoint diversity surveys. I don't know what that means. Fill me in. So there were these surveys that were sent out to students um, just to gauge, you know, the campus climate and how they thought about politics on campus when it comes to voicing their own opinions and really uplifting the, the free markets of, of um, thought and, and making sure that it's the marketplace of ideas, that campuses are the marketplace of ideas and that we're able to share our thoughts and come to truth somehow. Um, and these questions were not in any way controversial. And it was within the best, the, the university's own best interest to listen to students and hear how they feel about um, what's going on in their classrooms and how different political beliefs are handled. And again, just the, the campus climate. Um, this should be first on the priority of 
any university. Yeah. And the fact that they're, they even called it unconstitutional, which just baffles me. Well, of course it's not. You can hand it a questionnaire. How's that unconstitutional? Yeah, I, what, what it sounds like to me, and I wonder if you've got an opinion on this, what it sounds like to me is the faculty, the staff, the, the administration, they're afraid that uh, the students will realize they're only getting one side of the coin. They're afraid that they're only going to, you know, they're going to realize that if you're a conservative, you're treated one way. If you're a liberal, you're treated another way. And most of those who are, in fact, teaching these classes are, are slanting one way rather than the other. Is, do you think that's what it is? It's a fear that the students will realize, oh, crap, I'm only getting one side of this thing. Exactly. They're obviously trying to hide that students are being, you know, very, very obviously exposed to extreme bias. And a survey like this um, sent out to universities across Florida, in this case, uh, will definitely expose that. And it comes back to what are you hiding? Um, why don't you want students to voice their opinions on these things or even just think about, you know, how their education is impacting them and their exposure to different ideas? The culture war, really, the ground zero, isn't it, Aiden, is in Florida. The ground zero really appears to be Florida. Disney versus the governor, the governor versus the CDC, uh, faculty, you know, unions versus students and a good education. We really are going to get some clarity as to who we are going forward from Florida, are we not? 100%. I mean, DeSantis has been a great leader, and I hope more like this happens where he keeps pushing and, and Floridians really open up their eyes to see that they are at the forefront and that these things matter and what's going on just on so many different fronts within Florida um, will have lasting impacts, hopefully, for the future of conservatism. Yeah, who, who's the guy in Wisconsin? Is it Evers? Is that who that is? Yeah. Yep. He's kind of a clown, right? I mean, I'm just, just I mean, I'm, I'll say it. You don't have to say it if you don't want to. This guy, uh, I've seen some of his videos. I've, I've seen some of the moves that he's made. Uh, why do you think Wisconsin elects a guy like that? Is it because of, of, uh, of Madison and is it because of Milwaukee? The concentration of blue got him in? Yeah, big cities do it. Um, we've always been a swing state, but unfortunately right now we're swinging in the wrong direction and um, elections are coming up and we can only hope for the best. Is, is he up this year? Do you know? Yes, he is. Well, I, here, here's hoping there's a there's a good candidate because the crime issue alone in Milwaukee and, and, and Madison and other places, it should be enough for people to say, look, I'm not safe, I'm not secure, my family isn't safe, maybe we shouldn't have this guy because he's not really somebody who's fixed the problem. In fact, it's gotten worse under him. It is uh, Aiden Shank, Aiden.Shank over on Instagram. He's a reporter from, um, from CampusReform.org. Dozens of universities host segregated graduation ceremonies based on identities. We are re really resegregating this country, aren't we? Yeah, at that, you took the words right out of my mouth, Joe. Um, I thought personally that we got rid of segregation long before I was born. I grew up in a post-racial America. Um, this is segregation based on race and gender. So now it looks like my generation is going to be fighting against um, racism and sexism all over again. And that's going to be the next front that we have to fight on is, is you know, making sure that America doesn't backtrack the country. Do you think that students don't realize that we were forced to segregate before from all these democratic moves, Jim Crow, separate but equal, all this stuff, and then we had to, by law, say stop it and, and offer equality uh, in education, equality in opportunity to everybody, and you can't really do that if you're segregating schools, you're segregating society. Do they not realize that that was forced on us and we, like, thanked God that we got rid of that? Why would they fall prey to allowing for people to segregate them again. When the left is in charge of educating our young people, um, you see the distortion of our history. And you see that um, 
what really happened in the past and what we can learn from going forward uh, isn't really taught. And and personally, I've been told uh, by my professors, by my teachers, that we still live in a very racist America. And and they're the ones that are making it true just through um, doing things like this, resegregating our country. And they're speaking these things into existence uh, because we have recovered from the the horrible past of, of this nation, um, but we're, we're returning to it um, only because we're not learning from how we recovered and, and what our, our fathers and our grandparents did to fight racism and sexism in the past. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the bottom line is the same people that did it before, the left, the Democrats, are doing it again, but they're doing it through identity politics. They're telling black people, these people over here hate you. Let's have a separate graduation. These people over here hate you, BIPOC, so go have your own you know, sorority or go have your own fraternity or go have your own, your own dormitories. And they're falling for it. They've got their own separate study areas in a, in a state-funded school. Um, I just want these students like you to speak up especially those who are of color, that we're using the term of color like you and I don't have a color, um, they should speak up and say, hey, knock it off. I'll decide who I want to hang out with. I'm going to graduate with my entire class. I don't care what their ethnic or racial background is. Why don't they speak up? Or are they speaking up? I just don't hear it. I think most students of color, as you put it, would, um, would disagree with these segregated uh, graduations. And I know a lot of my friends um, at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee would definitely agree with me when I say that this isn't helping anybody. And if we want to unite as Americans, this is not how we do it. And this is the opposite of what we should be doing to make sure that we all are just just one nation under God um, and united again through who we are as Americans. Yeah, well, see, if we're united and not separated, then they can't control us as, as well. If we talk to each other, we realize that we agree on, uh, on a whole lot, and we're very like-minded, doesn't matter our ancestry, but they've got to keep us separated, and they act like this is somehow good. We're going to celebrate you know, black graduates by having a separate grad. That's, that's nuts. It's actually racist uh, to its core. It is uh, Aiden Shanko. Follow him, Aiden.Shank, over on Instagram. You can go check out everything he does on campusreform.org. Uh, university hosts Drag Queen Story Hour for two-year-olds. This is so stupid, it makes my face hurt. Fill me in. Well, at Campus Reform, we cover a lot of liberal bias all across campuses within America. Um, but this isn't just campus bias. They've moved past uh, students on campus and the 18 to 22 demographic into our, our youngest population, our children. Um, these kids shouldn't even be left unsupervised, let alone uh, left during these story hours to be, you know, read to by by these extreme examples of anti-science hypersexualism, and and it's disturbing to see they've they've moved into a whole new category, and they're grooming kids. That's that's what it is, yeah. just plain and simple. Well, can can you tell me the the reason they're giving why this is important for a two year old to see a man dressed as a woman? Um, dancing around and reading stories to, to two-year-olds. Does anybody give a, a reason they think is valid? Because what you just said is true, but they're not going to say, hey, we want to hypersexualize the kids, but they're going to show up on campus and say, this is important because, what do they say? They're doing it for Pride Month and to celebrate our LGBTQ population. Um, this is not how you do it. You don't force this and, and different lifestyles that kids aren't ready to even be exposed to. Um, upon them and and literally just 
just force it on them through the exposure. And and really anybody can be reading these stories to kids. But the fact that the universities are choosing um, people like this, uh, the transgenders, um, really shows that they have an agenda. And it's not just to celebrate the culture or the live the the livelihoods of these people. It's right. it's for their own agenda. It is uh, Aiden Shank, campusreform.org. Great job, Aiden. I appreciate you. Stop by uh, Instagram, checking out Aiden.Shank. And uh, listen, come back again. Great stories, great stuff, and I appreciate you from Wisconsin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, we're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. I appreciate uh, Aiden coming on. Make sure you go check that out on Rumble later, later on or the podcast. Always good stuff from Campus Reform. Let me remind you about the uh, Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It's a great air purifier. It actually leaves the scent of a fresh thunderstorm coming through. You know what that smells? After it rains, it just smells fresh. It smells really good. And that's what they do with their proven oxy technology. It quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and more. Freshens your home, gets rid of any odor like litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, whatever you can think of. This really does work. We've got a couple in our house. And man... Makes a huge difference, that's for sure. People are like, what, did your house stink before? Well, no, I mean, but you want a fresh smell, and this really does bring that, and it's just like a, a rainstorm came through. Over 200,000 of these are sold, so you know that it works. Never breathe dirty air again. No filters to buy, takes up no floor space, plugs directly into the wall. Nearly silent, great for use even in the bedroom. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. Use my discount code, which is PAGS3, P-A-G-S-3, and you'll save $200 on a three-pack. Go there right now. Again, EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code PAGS3, P-A-G-S, the number three, to save $200 right now on a three-pack. Shipping is free as well. All right, did a parody today, and the parody is about CNN Plus already off the air, and here's a little something, something I call CNN Plus. Yes, it's based on tie yellow ribbon. That's what, that's what we did. Let's go. Their ratings were down in the dumps. Took a turn with the departure of Donald Trump. So in their wisdom, they thought this was a smart move. We need another CNN one that's not on the tube. Come on, man. Man, they have no clue. Well, CNN Plus lasted for about a month, 30 whole days. What a bad hush. They barely got off the ground for they fell from grace. They had no pace, lost a news race, had egg on their face. CNN Plus was a dumb idea thought up by someone who's crazy. Little CNN Plus saying goodbye, signing off soon. Chris Wallace left Fox News with glee. He'd be the face of this channel, you see. Said Fox was starting to question the uh, truth. 
He left to go to CNN Plus Man, he has no clue The new job was a ruse Bring it Whoa, Wallace left for 10 mil and is out of work Looks like a big jerk Wiped off his big smirk Chris will still get paid after this egg he laid He left on terms bad Gave up what he had. I hope Rose not too mad. Now that CNN Plus fell fast and made a big old splat. He goes, CNN Plus did not last very long. It cost millions and millions of dollars, and they failed flat on their faces. I do feel bad for the for the camera people and those who are writing the stories and whatever else uh, out of a job. Hopefully, they'll find new work. But just the arrogance of Chris Wallace as he left, cutting down the the, the channel that gave him such a a great career. Um, I, I found that to be a little bit appropriate that they didn't make it. Let's do some pop culture. Hi, right, Polo, talk to her brother. What's going on? So uh, I would think the last person you'd want to irritate or upset would be Mike Tyson. Yes, 100%. Uh, apparently this one guy that was on a flight with him didn't get the memo because uh, Tyson was nice enough to, to take a selfie with him and was being patient with him, but the guy was drunk. And he kept bothering Mike Tyson while they were on this flight. And eventually Mike Tyson turned around and punched the guy a couple times in the face. Left him a little bloody. I did see that. Yeah. And, and again, Tyson's not, I mean, he was nice to him. He took a selfie. He was okay with him. Yeah. Guy wouldn't get out of his face. Yeah. I don't know, man. I would not mess with Mike Tyson. I'm just going to put it out there. All right, that's Polo. That's Carrie. That's Sam. I'm Joe. Appreciate you hanging out. Thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.